Welcome to the Our Community Listens podcast, where we strengthen relationships and build stronger communities through listening, leadership, care, and service to create truly human connection. Learn and partner with us as we imagine a society in which people care about each other first. Explore more at ourcommunitylistens.org. Hello, everyone. My name is Adam Salgut, and today's topic is connecting despite differences. We all have a lens through which we see things, the world, and others. My perspective is different than yours, and yours is different than others. How do we still value people and relationships when we see the differences, when people behave in ways we cannot agree with, or when they react in ways we do not understand? If you want to talk more about this topic, join one of our Connect sessions held every third Thursday and fourth Tuesday of the month. We will dig deeper into this podcast topic, engage in conversation, and identify areas where we can improve and grow. Well, I'd like to welcome in two wonderful women to the podcast today. Sarah Weisbarth, Leader of Curriculum Improvement and Development at Our Community Lessons. How are you doing today, Sarah? As always, Adam, I am doing well. And with us today, we have an additional guest, Gina Wilson, Assistant Professor of Educational Leadership at Central Michigan University. Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you both. Sarah, why don't you, you know, set the table a little bit for us as we start down this, uh, start down this conversation. I sure will. I'm really excited about this conversation because Gina and I actually had this conversation once already. We work on a project together within our community and we recorded a podcast with you, Adam, where we were talking about differences and being able to see differences in other people. But then what do we do when people behave in a way that we can't accept? Um, how do we maintain relationships? How do we um, strive to understand others when we can't agree with their perspective or their behavior? Basically a whole conversation around, man, it is hard to navigate differences and still acknowledge that we care about people and want to treat them with respect and value them. It's hard. <laughs> it definitely is difficult. And I know, you know, even though we may not have as many in-person gatherings coming up here in the month of December for Christmas. It doesn't mean that these uh, difficult conversations or difficult situations don't arise maybe via social media, obviously, very often nowadays, or even in workplace settings, whether they're virtual or in-person. So with so much division happening in our nation and world, what are we missing when it comes to creating unity, connection, and understanding? So this is really just kind of the intent of what we're really talking about. Um, and so when we think about those differences, and, and maybe it is, a, you know, we talked in our last podcast about sweet potatoes at the Thanksgiving table, yet the, the truth is people have so many differences of opinion because of the perspective that they're coming from. And I think for me, if I'm so incredibly tied to my need to be right or be heard, or have others agree with me in my point of view, that's when I'm going to lose sight of that other per person's perspective and that they also have that same need to be heard. 
Um, and for me, it's about judgment. It is so easy for me to move into judgment and look at someone else, their behavior, their opinion, something that they've said, and just instantly apply my own perspective, my own opinion, which is essentially my own judgment upon them. And the thing I have really been working on, and I actually, I was in a webinar earlier today where in the breakout room, I had a gentleman help me with this. I've been really working on slowing down and trying to see things from the other person's perspective and recognizing the impact then of my judgment, my opinion, my behavior on them, just as much as theirs is having an impact on me. Um, so that's, that's what I really been working on. Gina, what are your thoughts? Well, I've been, I've been, I am all about human connection and relationships and I value them to a very high degree in my life. And I seek them out intentionally and I cultivate them and I tend to them because I know how important they are. And I think that unfortunately during this time of distance, um, physical distance, and even though we're connecting on screens, I think the space, the literal physical space of six feet or more um, really allows for interpretation and for our memory to be short about why we connected with that person in the first place. And unfortunately, because we do, we are very self-centric in our viewpoints and because we've been very isolated, I think we've been living in them. So when that space has been created, um, we immediately go to what you, you articulated, Sarah, was that judgment because I know myself, I view or fancy myself as whatever, good, you know, righteous, you know, ethical, just, whatever we, we are owning. And so when there's a counterpoint, which is coming at us in words these days, again, through social media, like Adam said, we immediately go to that space of judgment. We fill the space because there's not a lot of pushback from it because we're not in in you know conversation with people we're in micro moments of text with people which um and we're not we're not doing well by the space <laughs> we are filling it with a lot of um and assuming the worst and you know to to complement judgment we're not giving benefit of the doubt to the people that we love and the people that we have relationship with. We are just assuming the worst, um, applying horrible judgment, and then, which then others them. And then we can, and then we can think worse about them because we've already put them at a lesser standard than we hold ourselves. So that's, that's kind of, I've, I've, I've reconciled that with myself, that that's what I'm doing and that whatever I've applied to those people I've had negative thoughts about, it's all on me. <laughs> they, they are not engaging in this process. It has everything to do with me and where I have allowed my judgments to take me, my lack of benefit of the doubt, or my negative thoughts about whatever context the conversation is around. It's almost like the, the physical distancing, right? And I'm actually like pushing my hand forward and like holding people at arm's length. It's almost like the physical distancing is manifesting in like an emotional, relational, connectional, a word I think I just made up, distancing, <laughs> right? So like, like because I, I don't, I'm not physically near you, it's, it's almost like I'm completely unaware of the impact of my judgment, my behavior, my perspective on you. And that, um, that emotion, that relation, that connection is removed 
from the situation? Well, because it's two dimensional and I, my, my past in a past life, I was a principal and um, middle school disciplinarian. And one of my favorite exercises to do would be after a cyberbullying incident where horrible things were said mm -hmm. about a certain student. And I would print it up from the student who said it and I would bring them together and ask them to read it in the presence of the person that they said it about. And they couldn't, they physically could not when that student, when that peer, when that old friend or new friend was across from them, they physically couldn't say it because they couldn't look at them in a three-dimensional human form and say those things that they had just sometimes 12 hours before very freely put out to the world. And so that's how we're living right now. <laughs> we're live a thing that we are thinking about each other, texting about each other, responding to each other, you know, uh, replying to on our statuses. We would never, we would never engage in those activities um, if we were able to be next to the ones that we love. And I think that context is really important because we have to understand that our, our, our reality right now is not the reality that we're used to. And so that void may, um, may be affecting our connections and our viewpoints. Gina, I know in our other conversation, you talked about how you chose to go through the world and the different things that uh, set up your potential judgment calls. Could you touch on that? Give us a little bit of your background and, and those pieces and, and paint that picture for us. No, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, going back to that two-dimensional person that we are on social media, oftentimes when we're endeavoring the world to, to someone who we don't know very well, we are that two-dimensional person, right? Even if we're in, in, you know, passing each other in a store. And for me, I'm of um, Latinx descent. Um, I, my, my husband's African-American. Um, I have a son and I have a daughter who suffers, who she doesn't suffer, <laughs> believe me, she doesn't suffer. I have a daughter who has cognitive disabilities and sometimes that's, that's, that's an optic for her. Other times it's not, just depends on what she's participating in. And what I know is just some of those optics that my family, you know, that, that are a part of us could be negative connotations, stereotypes, assumptions, could be applied by anyone that we are walking by, passing, you know, or interacting with. And I have the choice as a human in our space to be on defense, that someone is going to receive me that way and I'm ready, left and engaged to, you know, defend, correct, interrupt, you know, and, and deal with <laughs> whatever may come our way, or I can assume benefit, give these people benefit of the doubt, even if they're strangers, not for their benefit, although it does benefit them, but for me, because I don't want to pass strangers and assume that they're judging my family based on our optics, any optic. Um, I don't want to smile at a stranger and assume that because they didn't smile at me, it's because my husband's African-American or because I'm Latinx or because, you know, I don't want to make any of those assumptions because that's exactly what they would be. I want to assume, oh, they must have not have seen me smile, or maybe they're having a bad day. I'm really glad I smiled at them, right. you know? So 
I do have that control and power over how I receive and perceive interactions. And, and, that, and it's a choice. And, you know, and you have to have the high energy because if you if you come across someone on a, maybe a time you don't have the energy to do it, maybe then you're going to surrender to those negative thoughts or those um, get defensive. But, um, but yeah, but it is a personal choice and it's, and it's about you knowing what you're capable of in those moments. Sarah, you shouldn't be surprised that I mentioned that to her because I love the power of choice so much. Um, we talk about it a lot and I constantly, constantly think about it and know that that's a part of who I am for sure. So when Gina shared that in the prior, prior conversation, I, I connected with it immediately. When you're thinking about that power of choice, when it comes to entering a confrontation or just a difficult conversation with someone, Sarah, what, what kind of choices do you make? knowing going going into a conversation um well just listening presenting yourself yeah so listening to gina i'm thinking about right we talk about how every behavior is an expression of a need or you know it comes from our values and that's really like my my perspective like i'm i'm entering the world with a bias i am right like quite frankly one of my biases is a positivity bias like i i just think everything's going to be fine and wonderful i can see the silver lining like I think I'm a pretty positive person, but even like that perspective, which we could probably argue as a quote unquote, good one, if we wanted to qualify a bias still has impact on others, because if someone else is struggling and the attitude that I come to them with is like, oh, it'll be fine. That's like, that's not a good choice on my part to have that behavior. Um, so just even thinking about how this all interrelates, right? Like my behaviors are going to be an expression of how I see the world. And so when I am entering into a, a difficult conversation, or maybe I just know I'm going to bring around people that we just share different views. Right. And I, I even slow down when I say that, because it's like, man, when you go into those moments, you almost have to like gear up for it. Like Gina was saying, like, man, I don't even always have the energy for it. Um, but I think one of the things I do is kind of like ground myself and like gut check myself and be like, all right, right. You, you know, you're going to have a difference of opinion with this individual and decide is, is it worth. And I guess I, I would put worth in little quotations, right? Like is the relationship worth is my energy worth is this moment worth engaging in a conversation with them at this moment. Um, and I have to check myself first and say, what's my intent? Mm -hmm. What's my motive? If I'm going to enter this conversation with them, is it to prove my point? Is it to try to change their mind? Is it to one up them and, you know, power up over them? Or is my motive to try to come to some sort of like, well, like, let me try to understand where you're coming from so that then maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. And then maybe just maybe we can come a little closer together on our understanding. Thank you both for giving me your perspective there and your background about, you know, how you kind of approach those and also how you view the world. Um, I think that comes into play. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with conversation around the phrase agree to disagree. Join others across the country and world in an interactive webinar called The Art of Crafting and Delivering Confrontation Messages. When emotions run high, our nonverbals express more than we realize. After reviewing the essential components of an effective confrontation message, we will focus on the significance of our nonverbal communication in delivering the message 
and then positioning ourselves to listen well. Join us as we fine-tune the messages we craft and send. So agree to disagree. Sarah, when you were finishing up your statement there, that's that's what I was thinking about. You know, how you're like, is it worth it? Do we do I have the time to get into this? And sometimes you, you know, head into those conversations and in the end you say to the person, Well, let's just agree to disagree. And you kind of both walk away, whether you know, physically, potentially, or even just mentally, you move on to a different subject. Gina, you had a perspective on that phrase that I really enjoyed in our last conversation. Um, could you touch on that, please? Sure. As I stated earlier, I, I value relationships and I don't have frivolous relationships. Like if you're in my life, know that you're going to be tended to and I'm going to circle in and I'm going to lean in and we're going to celebrate and we're going to cry and we're going to do it all, right? It's vulnerable, it's intense, it's intimate. So for me, if someone in my sphere wanted to agree to disagree, what I would need to clarify with them is that there, now, there's, now there's a wall. Now there's a, we don't go there. Now there's a space that's not allowable for us, which negates the other word. It negates the other connection because we're sidestepping something all the time, which means we can't bring our authentic selves. And, and so when I, when that phrase has come about in relationships, I've pushed back and, and said, so is that an agree to disagree right now in this moment? Or is that, is that, is that shelved? Like, is that topic on the shelf never to be attended to? Because if that's your choice, and again, going back to, we all have choices that I need to let you know what the consequence is then. Because then it tells me that you don't want to know all of me. You don't trust that I want to know all of you. You don't trust that our relationship has weathered and survived what it has to be able to weather and survive this topic. You know, or is there a fear that you don't want me to really know this topic, um, which is a problem because then maybe you haven't shown yourself to me in a way that I thought you were, right? So when when I push back on that, it's, it's to really let them know that you are now losing, like it's a disconnect. Like, you know, like relationships to me are like handholding and you hold hands super tight. And then when somebody releases a little bit, right, that grip releases and you can feel that sensation of letting go. To me, that's with every moment of agree to disagree, it's like the grip is loosening, the connection literally loosening until it could and if the more agreements of around agree to disagree you make then eventually we're not holding hands anymore <laughs> you know and so <laughs> so that's the choice that I, I I don't force them to make I just allow I just clearly state this is my value system around relationships and when you make this choice um, this is how it affects me and again, I'm not going to say let's do this now because I'm going to assume that maybe they're self-care taking and maybe they're not ready to have the conversation and maybe they you know, need some different energy. So then I would need to hear yet. And then, then we're good, right? We're still, we're still holding hands because it can come up and, we'll, and maybe we'll even set some boundaries around it. Maybe we'll set some time. Maybe it's not a one-time conversation. Maybe we're going to really dig in deep and, and, and say, we're going to commit 10 minutes a week to just having this conversation and that's all we can handle. 
but we're going to get through it together. Right. And, and gosh, wouldn't, how strong would your relationship be if you committed instead of agreeing to disagree that you committed to creating morsels or micro moments of actually listening intently to those controversial topics that sometimes we're afraid to verbalize because we're afraid of what the other person's going to view us when we share that thought or, or, um, or maybe we don't even quite know what we think about it. So we can't necessarily get into a conversation about it if we don't quite know where we stand. Um, so, so always agree to disagree yet. <laughs> like we will talk about this, like there has to add that yet so that nothing's off the table so that we can have those deep, connected, you know, authentic life transforming relationships. Truly human connection, right, Sarah? True human connection. That's what we're here for. Sarah, is there anything in that space you'd like to, well, let me take one step back. Gina, thank you again for breaking that down because that idea of agree to disagree yet, I'm already trying to apply with people in my life that I know have different opinions about whether it's politics or whatever it might be. And so therefore I, I want to leave that door open whether instead of, instead of shutting it. So um, I appreciate you breaking that down and giving some perspective in that space. Uh, Sarah, is there anything you would like to add in that area? Oh yeah, I have like five different thoughts as Gina was talking. <laughs> <laughs> Try to act surprised. <laughs> it um even the phrase, right? Like even logically the phrase, like I am going to agree, which means I'm choosing to disagree with you. Like, like, like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if I'm really wanting to choose to be in relationship with you and try to understand your perspective. I'm in, it's almost like I'm taking the easy way out if I quote unquote agree to disagree because what really has to happen in order for us to come to a point of acceptance and know that oh, I'm going back to the logic, right? Like if we threw out 20 different topics, I am guessing the three of us would probably not agree on more than half of them. And there's really statistically, someone could tell us the likelihood of all three of us having the same perspective on one topic is probably pretty low. And so if we really think about the potential for disagreeing with people, it's very high. Yes. And instead, if we move that potential into, I know I'm going to have a different perspective than you, you and you, but I value you as a person and I can accept you as an individual and listen to you and, and value you as a person, as an individual that truly human that I want to connect with then I have to do some work on my end. I have to do that, slow down, check my motive, think about where my perspective is coming from, lean in, really listen, because I'm probably going to learn something about the other. I'm going to learn something about myself and wow, radical. I might actually grow my perspective and I don't necessarily have to choose to change it, but I'm certainly going to add to my understanding of it. And I'm, I'm assuming that that is why in general, we, we don't lean in. We don't have that swirling work that Gina's talking about because it's hard to choose to do the personal work. It's hard to want to lean in to do that. And I know, like I, I talked to a group of people um, last week about levels of relationships 
and how we have interactions with people. And then we have like acquaintances and then we have the people that are really close to us. And I think for me, like the people that are on an outer layer of relationship with me, I might not lean in real hard with them. Like I might just, just accept that, wow, you have a different perspective and I appreciate you as a human being and let you go about your way. But those people that are really close to me, I want to lean in, right? I don't, I don't want that hand holding to loosen up. And so even like, I don't want to say prioritizing relationships, but I think that's what I'm saying. Like, what are the ones I really want to lean in with? Because I value that relationship on such a deep level. Well, and I think that you, when you talked about change versus understand, I think people like rip, when we get into these difficult, um, you know, conversations or topics, they automatically, they go into debate formation. Like all of a sudden we're at podiums, right? With microphones and index cards. And we, you know, have this, you know, dissertation we're ready to give verbally. Um, against each other and there's a winner and a loser in a debate mm-hmm. and, and and because one of and, and we think that we're trying to change each other and I'm going to have to change if you win because then you you've won and so I've lost and I think we need to completely repel that context that we immediately jump into because it's really not about the change it's about what you said Sarah the understand mm-hmm. oh I understand a new perspective which maybe makes my perspective stronger because I now understand it in a more complex way, right? Not just one dimensional, I'm now understanding it in relation to other perspectives. Um, But we really need to, again, take that visual debate out and really go into dialogue, right? This is about a dialogue. It's how we communicate. Well, we communicate in many ways, but it's how we learn about each other. It's how we connect through conversation, you know, um, it's how we grow. Like think about when you were little and you would make friends for the, and you would be like, hey, what's your dog's name? My dog's name is this. And it was like this battery of questions back and forth on some, in some random part because we wanted to know about each other. And we wanted to, oh, well, that's different. My dog's, you know, and we, it was so easy and free, but we understood that in order to get closer to this person, we had to know them. And we had to ask lots of questions and be, and then sh- be willing to share, right? And too often when that exchange happens, they say something and we're like, oh, okay, that's over. <laughs> moving, on, <laughs> moving on, you know, or we look to the person next to us and be like, yeah, don't make friends with that person. <laughs> Instead of saying, hmm, get curious and say, I wonder, I wonder what makes you say that? Right. I wonder where that perspective seed was planted. That's different than mine. And again, not adding negative value to different. That different can reside amongst each other because different literally just means it's different than something else. Not that it's better than something else or more valued than something else. That's what we apply to it. So we have to make that choice to, when we hear different, to get curious about it seek knowledge about it and then to not add a negative value to the different you know but then stay in that space of oh I'm gonna get some learning right now let's do this like get excited about it because I'm going to now understand differently better more complex more robust you know and have a bigger sphere of of understanding 
So we have to, to me, that's exciting when I'm just like, oh, you have a different perspective than mine. Great, let's do this. I have a love of learning as one of my strengths. So I'm just like, oh, different <laughs> to me is like, we're gonna, I get to learn outside of self. And I think if we all treated each other as opportunities, right? When we see different that, oh, this is an opportunity for me to grow and learn alongside of you. That would, I mean, come on, that would be awesome. It's, it's really intriguing to listen to you um, because I agree and I'm sitting here. Right. And so our perspective is the same. How, how comfortable and familiar (laughs) Adam's nodding. So maybe this is the the thing that the three of us do agree on (laughs) yet. I I'm reflecting on like, I, I don't know, like, have you always, have you always been that way? Have I always have I always been that way? I, and what has me thinking about is I shared a social media post about this topic entirely about opening up our perspectives, trying to understand others. And a couple comments on it had to do with, well, yeah, as long as you're not asking me to give up my point of view was essentially the commentary on the post. And it, it really, like, I kind of went, huh, it never even occurred to me that 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 is a reaction that people would have to an encouragement to try to understand others, try to see the perspective of others, because I don't think I'm ever asking anyone to change theirs. I think I'm just probably asking to have mine heard and I have a willingness to hear others. Um, And so it does just, I, I think people can get defensive or I think we can get curious. Those are the choices or we can get neutral. Like, you know, we can say, like, I don't want anything to do with something different. I'm very comfortable here. And um, I'll see you later, you know, and, and I think it's really dangerous, because I we even get caught in it. I get caught in it that, you know, I do have a group of friends who are like minded. And um, I'm like, Oh, I love my people. They're so good. They make me feel so good. I'm so happy. But then I'm also like, but am I being challenged? And am I asking the right questions? Right, because the group, the group, like the, I'll call it a kumbaya moment of all of us affirming each other, affirming each other, is not a healthy space. You know, it's not a healthy space. So really, seeking out connection with those counterpoints, the people that hold those counterpoints in that empathetic, curious. Um, you know, connected, oriented way, not to debate, not to change their mind, to better understand that perspective. Um, I think that's something that's a habit and a practice that we all have to build in ourselves um, in order to then not stay in that, um, you know, stay in that, that insulated mode that sometimes we comfortably create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which I think is natural, but then that I, just like you, like I'm creating uh you know, people call it an echo chamber in a negative context, but I do, I have multiple different little echo chambers of like, who do I go to when I want to feel affirmed in my current belief and perspective? I, I, I go through my Rolodex of people that will affirm me. Um, and so getting into the space of, well, who, who's in my Rolodex that will challenge me? Absolutely. And I think that the more that you don't, and I don't want to say disallow that you, um, you, you pause difficult conversations instead of shelving them, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of turning off to them, you do create that, that um, trust level in your relationships and in your networks that then you can come to them and say, um, I, you know, I really need your critical lens on this. If, you know, here's a situation 
can you, you know, give me some feedback and don't hold back. Like you're, there's going to be no harm here. And there's going to be no judgment. I really want some, some critique around this and, and knowing that growth comes from critique, not mm-hmm. criticism, very different, but from the critique of the situation or a response or, you know, mm-hmm. and not going to the person and saying, tell me if I'm wrong about this, <laughs> you know, and I do have, and I'll have, and I'll have friends that'll say, do you need me to be your yes girl now? Cause you know, and I'll be like, yes, that's all I need. Just tell me, just be there for me, hold space and tell me I'm hundred percent right. And then later you can tell me what the <laughs> heck I did wrong <laughs> and where I hold responsibility and what kind of apologies I need to make. So, um, but that's, but the more you challenge your relationships to be able to be open, transparent, authentic, and, and wrestle with all types of conversations, you can do that, right? And we're all better for that. Yeah. Ladies, I've been listening. And I think that's one of the biggest elements that people need to keep in mind here is that when we are in this position of having these conversations or, or difficult topics, that we need to listen to each other. You mentioned debate. Uh, Gina. And and oftentimes when I hear debate, like you said, we just come with our notes and we wait for the one person to finish what they're saying. And we start on our bullets and we, you know, our, our bullet points and they just come out and we're not really listening to the other side. We're not really trying to understand that other side. So um, listen first would be a great opportunity, I think, for people to keep in mind. And I'm going to use that as my key takeaway. And hopefully I didn't steal any from you guys. Um, But as we reach, uh, reach about 30 minutes on our podcast here, I'd like to, to get a couple key takeaways from each of you, or at least one apiece that I'd like to leave our audience with something for them to think about or something for them to work on as, uh, as they finish the episode. Uh, Sarah, if you're ready to go, I'll pitch it to you first. So my voice of reality is always really, really loud in my head. (laughs) So I think my key takeaway um, from our conversation is um, the realization that the likelihood of me being in agreement with people is, is very, is very low, just statistically. And so coming to that realization that the different perspectives that people bring is an opportunity for me to grow. Something that, and my takeaway and my practice, meaning it's something I work on moment by moment, but that's the beauty of moments is that with every new minute comes a new moment to make a different and a better choice. So what I work on is, again, making the choice to view different as different and an opportunity to learn and grow and to um, really get curious, right, And, and fight any kind of innate bias to apply you know because of our lived experiences that are that are different uh, to apply any negative context and to really try to neutralize myself to be open um, and honoring of those interactions that I have so that's that's my work and that's where I would say um, I would uh, encourage the audience to to work there as well Thank you both again for being on the podcast. Uh, Very much appreciate your time. Thank you. Always. Engage on our website, explore learning opportunities, and connect with others. 
This podcast is brought to you by the Chapman Foundation for Caring Communities, which focuses on strengthening relationships, creating connection, and building community. Listen, lead, connect.